And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassroom coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today, talking free agency right there for you at LakersBall.com. Plus he owns a company you got to check out every single time when you go ahead and you need a new lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today and you live in the SoCal area, go ahead and check out Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Plus also as well, we've got some great folks, two of which, man, Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Mr. Five Things, and also as well, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. They do a lot of great work, and they do it today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen, he's going to stop by here in Vegas later this week for Summer League. But right now, you know he's doing some good work for the Upside Swings. Right there for you at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend John McCallion, he runs his own YouTube channel. He has a lot of great conversations. Go ahead and check them out today. And speaking of YouTube, please, please, please go ahead and subscribe today. Hit that little Joe right down there below and go ahead and do so. Because if you do, you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Fast Break. And if you could do that and follow and like all of our social media, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers seemingly starting to slow down with the transactions after 48 hours of really busy work. There's still some spots to go, and and this is something I want to go ahead and stress, something that Zangerstein brought up to us before we went on the air. But I want to go ahead and talk about that, plus some of the major moves today and some of the more different moves that I want to talk about with Joe we really didn't cover on the past couple shows. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what we're doing today with him and, of course, LakersBall.com and, of course, his own company, Simblades. Simulates with the Y.com. It is Joe Sorrow. Joe, I wanted to go ahead and ask. We're, we're three days now into free agency. The movement, of course, is slowing down. The number of open spots is slowing down. You've got Phoenix. Uh, I guess uh, getting Eric Gordon on the cheap I thought was a pretty good move, but we don't know how much he has left in the tank. They're lining up some good people, you know, chasing that ring, my friend. They're chasing that ring. Your thoughts, though, so far on what happened today. I've got some things I want to throw at you, but your thoughts so far. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, is the major Laker name involved, but looks like he's getting another chance in Brooklyn. Just filling in the remaining roster spots throughout the NBA. The Lonnie Walker defection to the Nets is simply just not enough room for this current Laker uh, roster. And the Lakers are likely waiting to see which center will be available to play for the veteran minimum. That's essentially, that's all, that's all that's left. And we're going to prepare for a little bit of summer league tomorrow. Um, hoping to watch the something. California classic. Is I'm, I'm hoping to watch something a little bit there. If, 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 if the day presents itself and then we might have a, uh, we might have a little bit of back and forth on game time on Lakersball.com. So for those of you who haven't signed on the Lakers ball, 
uh, com. Go ahead and do so. The game time threads are pretty cool. Uh, I know I've been spending a lot more time on playback this last year than than game time, which I kind of feel bad because game time is, is always a, a good... So you don't want me to do a playback? No, no, no. A playback uh, puts money in some of our guys' pockets. So, uh, And I believe also that it's going to only uh, enhance the show's uh, uh, growth. I know, but did you didn't want me to run a playback tomorrow for everyone out oh, there. Oh, you can run a playback. I'm just gonna I'm gonna attempt to do both. Okay. Whereas right. I wasn't doing it before. It's not that difficult. It's uh, two screens. Obviously, I'm verbal on playback, whereas the other one I don't have to be verbal. Okay, you can chew them out in person, and you know if you ever do, uh, if you ever join us for a playback TV slash Hickers fast break, it is Joe uncensored. Yeah, the uncensored part, and and I, I, there's no other word to use in that setup. Censored is a little played out. Unfiltered is a little played out. I'm gonna think of a good name to describe the the attitude during playback. It's it's more a reaction. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's it's us being reaction, re, re, uh, reacting, uh, reactionary. That's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's just a stress reliever. It's nothing more. It, it'll come off uh, a little aggressive. It'll come off uh, abusive to some degree, mm -hmm. but it's not. I don't. I don't have any ill will against anyone out there that I have never met before. It's just reacting to the game and and then reacting to the to the kind of the dialogue and the actions of players as the game is going along, whether it's our guys or the the opposing team. So we get into day three of NBA free agency. Uh, not too many different changes. Again, Lonnie Walker did take an offer for one year for Brooklyn. Uh, Miles Bridges, you know, his career and his life uh, changed in so many different ways due to some outside law issues. But he is tendering. Uh, he is signing a $7.9 million qualifying offer to play with Charlotte, but that'll make him a free agent to see if he can rebound his career in life because he was once close to signing a massive extension and on the verge of it got into some legal trouble and his life careened from there. So let's see if he can get his life back on track. Some of the other names that are out there, I did want to go ahead and talk about, well, Patty Mills going ahead through uh, to Oklahoma City. One name I didn't mention yesterday was Obi Toppin who was traded to Indiana for a couple second round picks. You know, a lot of people still, especially in New York, have a lot of, of, of interest and faith in the potential Obi Toppin. And they were very sad to see him continuously playing behind Julius Randle. Your thoughts on Obi Toppin, what he can do for Indiana. He'll be a good role player, but the issue in New York is they need a superstar. They need a first tier superstar. Uh, unfortunately, they're not going to get a chance at getting Damian Lillard. That's the guy that would probably change a few things in New York and make things very, very interesting in New York with Jalen Brunson. And if you're not packaging Julius Randle in, in, in a trade, that could be a pretty formidable three. Uh, New York basketball has not been very good uh, for almost 25 years now. There was one run significant run when Carmelo got there. Uh, but that's pretty much it. They haven't really made any serious noise since 1999 when they went to the finals of the strike shortened season. 
New York needs a superstar. Uh, they have a second-tier guy in Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. They have Julius Randle, who you can say is a three, four-tier type player. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need a one. And uh, when when Damian Lillard uh, requested a trade, I know that Stephen A. Smith was quickly excited until he realized two seconds later that the New York Knicks weren't uh, a, a, a request a potential request for Damian Lillard. Only the Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat, again, according to reports out there. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see Damian Lillard going anywhere but Miami. Miami has got the structure for what he needs right now, which is the best opportunity to win a championship. And there's also a second star there that's known to be very, very valuable when it matters. So by having Dame Lillard and J- Jimmy Butler on the same team with uh, Bam Adebayo, that's a formidable three in the East. And a very, very, and it's very likely at that point that they're probably, barring any injury, of course, that they'll probably make a return to the finals in the East because the East wavers too much in its in its quality. You don't know who's going to show up sometimes, and Miami seems to be the one team that always shows up year in and year out, at least the last three, four years. Your thoughts, though, on a competitor to the Lakers in Phoenix Suns. They've gotten a lot of guys, interesting uh, interesting players, uh, Eubanks, Yuta Watanabe, and Eric Gordon signed earlier today. I mean, if these guys pan out, uh, you know, went, at one time the Lakers were heavily coveting Eric Gordon for the tr- tr- at the trade deadline. Your thoughts on getting Eric Gordon? Was not offered a contract by the Clippers to extend for twenty million. He became a free agent and look looks like he's doing some ring chasing in Phoenix. I I don't really hold any anything for uh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, I believe, is done. I believe he's on his last leg here. The Phoenix Sun have Phoenix Suns have done a really good job filling out the roster with players that are actually valuable in, in their spots. Mm-hmm. And 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 for the for the amount of contracts that they were get they're getting them at, what it's going to come down to really at the end with Phoenix is can Frank Vogel tap into Devin Booker and, he, and DeAndre Ayton and make them play like grown men when they're in the playoffs when it matters because they haven't been able to do that. I know that sounds kind of aggressive, but it's yes. true. It's true. Uh, they had a chance in 2021 to put that to bed. They didn't. They couldn't finish off Milwaukee being up 2-0, and they've been reeling ever since and ruining a 64-18 and 18, uh, first seed run that should have for sure won that year uh, in 2022. But they, they, they just can't. They just can't kind of get over the hump. And until I see those two guys go over the hump, uh, and, of course, Kevin Durant, I don't know what his health's going to be like, uh, Bradley Beal, is he going to shoot better with all the all that talent around him? Maybe. Uh, it's a definitely uh, it's definitely going to be a good team, regular season wise. But will they show up in the playoffs? We won't know that for another year. They still have some defense and rebounding issues to address. The players, you know, as as good of signings as you can get for the minimums, still don't address some of the issues that they need to get. Again, also as well, a point guard. Unless you know the rumors of Trevor. Uh, moving a uh, Booker, excuse me, Booker moving over to the point guard spot and becoming more of a distributor. I understand that will be more upon them, but they still need a regular point guard at times to distribute the ball. 
they really haven't addressed those needs. They got some good shooters, uh, some some people that they can surround them with as far as that can go ahead and fill it up a little bit, but they still have some areas of weakness that you can exploit. Uh, they played better without Chris Paul when he got injured. Uh, Devin Booker had a couple of good games as uh, the primary ball handler. Uh, it's not his best position, but if they need it for a couple of games, I think it's good. I think the main issue right now is DeAndre Eaton and what what will happen during the year uh, in terms of is he going to be a player that's going to be uh, analyzed for the first three, four months, or are they going to stick with him the whole way? Uh, I still believe there's a chance he gets traded between now and the deadline uh, for, for someone, for something. Uh, I just don't if know. If Vogel can't work his magic with him. Correct. And if Monty Williams couldn't work his magic with DeAndre Aiden, I don't know what Frank Vogel's going to do, but we're going to get a chance to see. We can we can say, uh, hey, he, he tapped into Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was having issues until he came to L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time, obviously, and was a productive player. Uh, so maybe he can do that for DeAndre Aiden. I don't know. Well, it's, 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 I'm not really worried about Phoenix. Uh, until I have to worry about Phoenix. The uh, Denver Nuggets are a team that you're going to have to deal with, although I do think they're going to feel a little bit of satisfaction from this year's win. And the Lakers are very determined. They have uh, revamped the roster in a very, very good way. They are a a starting center away uh, from really, really, really being the favorites in my book. I'm not saying that because I'm a Laker fan. It's just if you get a Christian Wood at the minimum, you can start him. You can start him at the at the center position. Whether they do or not, I don't know. But it's 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 just it's we're we're going by paper right now. I can't really assess how these guys are gonna play until it happens. There was a time when you could, but you didn't have the irritation of guys not playing every game. Uh, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis was touted as this guy who had a great season, had one of his best seasons ever and played the whole year. And then when I looked at his games played, he missed 17 games this year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think our definition of playing all year has completely changed. It looks like as long as you play 60 games, you've played all year. I'll tell you what, my friend, though, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens for the rest of free agency. We're going to talk about the Lakers stuff that's going on right now. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We are talking day three of NBA free agency right here at the Lakers fast break podcast. Truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. And again, everybody that's been a part of what we're doing all weekend long. Just be so great to have you here. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. Had record numbers, over 200 subscribers that are new to us right here within the past month. We're just so appreciative of everything that you're doing for us. Record numbers viewing-wise all weekend long. Joe and I are so immensely grateful for all your support right here at the Lakers fast break. But Joe, when it comes to the Lakers Wanted to go ahead and mention something Zangerstein threw out at us in regards to how the slots play out. Because remember the tweet that I said yesterday that David Benjamin, you know, was getting the lead that the Lakers were looking to only find one more slot, one more player to fill a slot out of the two that they had because they were looking for a big guy. 
she just found out that uh, she sent this along to us. Zanger Science said that in the new CBA, uh, it might change what Rob Palenka might be doing this, uh, this summer, but in the new CBA, if they want to use the three two-way slots that currently Cole Swider, uh, uh, Kodge, and Castleton, uh, those are the three two-way players right now. They need to fill the 15 roster spot before the start of the season if they want to keep those three two-way slots. Otherwise, they can only have two, which would say, let's say they get, cross the fingers, everyone out there, Christian Wood. They would also have to go either sign someone else or bump up one of those three guys to a regular paying slot. So your thoughts on this, my friend, how would you approach that knowing this new information? Oh, I don't see any way where the Lakers don't field 15 players this year. It's 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 just it's a formality. Uh, who's going to be there is going to really be the only question. Who's going to actually be the everyday player or the non-two-way players? We'll find that out here probably soon. Uh, they're, they're getting a center. It's a matter of which center. Uh, they need another center. They can't just go in with Jackson and, and AD as the two bigs. You're going to have to get one more guy. And we're right now looking at the free agent uh, tracker. You have uh, Christian Wood. Uh, you have Mo Bamba, which I just don't see him coming back. You have Dario Saric, which I actually thought he had signed with uh, with the Golden State Warriors, unless I got something mixed up. Who was that? Uh, he, I mean, he's more of a power forward, but who, Dario who Saric. Dario Saric? Yeah. I thought that was, thought he went to uh, Golden State, too. I'll check on him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm seeing him still in the list of, of free agents. Uh, Mason Plumley is. Uh, he said he's other... likely to join the Warriors. There you go. So it's not official. Yeah. Uh, really, it's it's down to Christian Wood and and Mason Plumley at this point. I'm waiting on which one, and I think the Mason Plumley thing will get solved. I believe once there's a clear cut uh, finish on what's going to happen with James Harden. I think James Harden is going to the play, going to LA to play for the Clippers. I think that will dictate what the Clippers have to do money-wise because I believe they're probably going to be trading. This is my assessment from this. Uh, they're going to be trading Zubac and then putting Plumlee at the center position because of money money, money issues. Um, other than that, I don't know who else uh, they could put there that that would be different. Maybe Robin Lopez, but I think he's done. Bismack Biombo could be a guy, but I think he might be eh, – I don't know if that's the guy you want, but we beggars can't be choosers. Like I said, uh, there's gonna it's gonna be one of those guys. I don't think it's gonna be Robin Lopez. I think Robin Lopez is really done. But don't be surprised if it's someone like Bismack Biombo getting the minimum play for the Lakers as a, as a center uh, at, at, at worst case scenario, uh, and that's that's where that is. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. 
Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. Joe, when I talk to you about Christian Wood, again, it seems like he has got a really bad rep around the league. Nana, you know, persona non grata. As far as, you know, Kim, this is a guy that's hit 17 points last year per game, 38% from behind the three-point arc, seemingly can fit a lot of different styles for a lot of these NBA teams, but yet he's been shunned by all of them at this present time. There's something going on. There's an attitude thing going on where people are afraid to commit. And it's it's eerily this it's eerily the same as as Dwight Howard towards the end of his little run after he left Houston back in the day, and then eventually ended up playing for the Lakers in 2020 and 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 helping them win a championship. That's it. Just it just sounds exactly the same in terms of teams not wanting to commit because there's some kind of uh, personality issue that that they don't want to deal with. Uh, for for the Lakers, it's a risk versus reward situation here. So with Jackson, it's a risk versus reward. With Reddish, uh, it's it's a risk versus reward. Uh, those both work. And then if you get Christian Wood, not only does that work from a uh, a risk versus reward situation, he actually has a skill set that you actually need. And he might not be good on defense, but he's a guy that can score at the basket, and he's got length. And he's from Long Beach, for those of you who don't know. So maybe him being home might be something good for him. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, Knee Deep is asking a Kevin Love and LeBron possible reunion? No, Kevin Love is going back to Miami. That's most likely the case, yeah. Because Kevin, didn't he resign already or did he not? I believe he did. Go ahead and check Kevin, Kevin Love. Yeah, he is uh, staying with the Miami Heat. And Mo Bamba's not coming back. I just uh, uh, Darvin Ham does not like Mo Bamba. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal with the Heat. And Mo Bamba's not that bad. If they played Wenyan Gabriel, Mo Bamba is not worse than Wenyan Gabriel. I'm sorry, that it's just not. It's, it's not. It's just not. It's not it. You can't convince me he's worse than Wenyan Gabriel. But for some reason. Darvin Ham really does not like Mo Bamba. We're just besides the fact he that just he just doesn't have the awareness. It doesn't whatever, matter if you're seven it, one with a seven seven reach. You just if you don't have the defensive awareness, you're always going to be out of position, and that's the problem. The motor has always been an issue. When you don't have the motor, you know, especially when you're that talented physically and a guy who can actually shoot. It's, 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 it's one of those things where you're probably more frustrating to, to others when you actually do have the size and the ability to play yet. This is at level two instead of four. I'm telling you, my friend, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see the one name. I do think that everybody, including Laker, Tom <laughs> is also, fascinated with is uh mr castleton the new undrafted player that signed a two-way with the lakers so i ask you my friend a lot of people are looking forward to seeing him tomorrow 
as the Lakers start their preseason schedule in the California Classic at 3 p.m. Pacific time. You can catch it along with us on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Your thoughts? I, again, I don't think is that we're going to see Castleton make an imprint at least early on in the season because you know the traditional NBA coach always has a hard time playing undrafted rookies right away unless they somehow stick out, you know, for some reason. Demoy Hodge and Colin Castleton have something to prove as undrafted players, and it has to start very soon, right away, in the California Classic. We're going to get a taste. Uh, we have to wait, guys. We have to wait to see how summer league players play against seasoned vets and seasoned greats <laughs> like AD and LeBron. I don't know, but we are going to get a little bit of a taste tomorrow, watch some basketball. I'm already miss- I already missed basketball the, the day it stopped, which normally uh, I, I get a little burned out at the end of the year where I'm like, okay, good. I don't have to worry about adjusting my schedule, you know, a hundred times to, to make sure I'm watching the games. Uh, but I actually was pretty disappointed after we got swept by Denver that I, I wanted to watch the games again. And maybe it was because we were so close. It's just a bummer that we couldn't, we couldn't get, get past them because had we, had we gotten past Denver, we'd probably be hanging them. We probably would have hung uh, 18 at that point. Um, but the Lakers have made it more exciting this 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 in the last three days, uh, not only for 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 the team but also for the show that we're doing now, uh, made things even more exciting with the amount of activity that's that's come our way, more activity that I've seen since I've gone pretty much full time since last year, and now it's summer league and now we're gonna get games like that in July. And then August is going to hit, and then all of a sudden September is going to start creeping, and then now we're going to be talking about trading camp. Uh, and then here comes the NBA season again. September is the best time of the year for sports because you got football starting, you got basketball that's on the way, hockey's about to come, and I know you're going to be happy about that, uh, being that your team won the championship. And I actually had a question about that that sure. I keep forgetting to ask you. Why do they keep calling the Golden Knights Vegas Golden Knights? Why don't they just say Las Vegas? Uh, as far as their traditional name, they do they do just put Vegas Golden Knights. Why is that? VGK, VGK. It's they use the initials VGK. It's just basically for uh, just as far as for licensing purposes and things of that nature. They just wanted to make sure that they had something a little bit circular. Plus, also as well, the VGK it just fits so much better into whatever there it is they're doing. Whether or not they're on license plates, T-shirts, whatever, because they're all over the place. They're even utilized by the state of Nevada as far as issuing out license plates as VGK and then whatever numbers that you want to add on to it. So basically the v- the Vegas Gold Knights thing actually worked out a lot better. Yeah, thank okay. you for that. I, I didn't, I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, no, no worries. Again, it's all about licensing and how it looks and how it, uh, how it sounds, my friend, they thought it would be a better, better thing. And absolutely it is uh, worked out for us here, but one name actually was brought up in the chat. I do want to give a big compliment uh, to Connor uh, Lancaster, who's in our chat right now. The best Lakers chat that's out there is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Omer Yurtseven, his name has been thrown out there. He is not going to be able to start for you, but as a backup that can score and rebound, cannot play great defense. That's why he was let go by, by Miami. 
he's someone that could be of interest to us as far as being able as a backup as a seven footer. Who is this? Omer Yurt Seven. Oh, Yurt Seven. Oh, uh... he is a free agent. They declined an offer. The Miami Heat did. I'm weary of players that the Miami Heat let go. We saw we, that before with Kendrick. We, we've seen that, and I, I remember subscriber. when we did get him. That was the most intriguing player, at least for me, during that offseason. I wanted to we see. Thought he, we thought he was going to pop. Correct. I really did. Uh, uh, because of his performance in the finals in 2020, I thought there's something there. But there was some noise that he he wasn't playing enough. And I go, okay, well, why, why, why isn't Miami playing this guy? He's making every shot against us. And then when he came to L.A., I was still thinking, why would this guy was second in the Rookie of the Year voting? And why would Pat Riley let him go? Well, we found out why. And if they're letting go of this guy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near him. And the thing is, though, when it comes to Cam Reddish, I know a lot of people are asking if how well he'll do if he'll get consistent time. That's going to be up to him. If the pace stays high and the Lakers stay in the top five in pace in the Western Conference or in the NBA as a whole, I see Reddish getting some time and flourishing pretty well. Uh, If it does seem that the Lakers are going to be better off with a lot more in the half court, that is not playing to Reddish's skills as a guy that's youthful, athletic, and can run the floor really well. When you start asking him to go ahead and facilitate, when you start asking him to go ahead and hit outside jumpers, yeah, for that's why you've seen him on three different teams already. He just not able at this time to get it done. I, I Laker, the Laker fandom needs to uh, get ready for players like Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish to be the whooping boys this year. I'm preparing for those things. Uh, I'm hoping we're hoping they they aren't. We're hoping they get past their little mental block that they seem to have because their physical talents are amazing. But the the, the likelihood of Jackson Hayes and, and Cam Reddish uh, frustrating uh, us is, is higher than not. I'd say Cam Reddish because he's been wanted by so many in our audience for quite a long time. And uh, Laker, the Laker fans tend to romanticize uh, extremely talented players that – seem to have mental blocks everywhere they go. It can work out sometimes. It did with Dwight Howard, but more often than not, it doesn't. It turns into Kendrick uh, Nunn. But it's worth the risk. It's still worth the risk to see if there's something there because if Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish play average basketball, meaning – they're 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 just doing their jobs. They're they're accepting of their roles, playing fifteen minutes a game and doing well. Then then the Lakers made a good call bringing them in. Uh, we'll know that as the season progresses because even if they show their what Chris Rock used to say, you're the representative at the beginning. It, what, what's really going to show who they are is those dog days in December and January when maybe they get a couple of DNPs, are they going to shrivel? Like, uh, uh, 
I, I don't know. I wouldn't say Kendrick Kendrick Nunn shriveled. He just didn't play for the first year. Yeah, but, he but, had that very mysterious. Was it a shin injury? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it was. It was the shin from hell, the the shin split from hell, I should say. And I've had those, and they're oh, bru- they're brutal. Br- they are brutal. I've yeah. had them too. When I when I hit my growth spurt in junior high, it was one of the worst pains I've had in my life. I was playing basketball for quite a stretch in the wrong shoes and flat shoes. Oh, never do that again. I grew six inches in a summer and it was brutal. Yes. It was brutal. Uh, there was a moment there where my, my parents thought I wasn't going to stop growing. I went from five, three to five, nine in three months. Uh, it was a good thing. Obviously it was getting big, but uh, it was still kind of freaky. You know, you go from looking at your parents like this to now you're looking at them like this in a summer. <laughs> uh my mom wasn't short either she was five seven my dad was five seven as well uh but those can be brutal uh i sympathize with it but at the same time <laughs> we needed him to to play and uh we all felt like he should have played but anyways uh, the the cam reddish and jackson hayes have the opportunity to showcase themselves here on a team that's going to be competing for a championship, if they do well, if their agent or themselves can be convinced that they need to set aside their egos for a little bit and focus on the team concept, they'll 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 help tremendously. Uh, last year it worked with Rui, right? He had a DNP, and the first question he had is, "What am I doing wrong?" He had the maturity to get to that point and it worked out right after that so so let me ask you this though when it comes to Rui because when it comes to Rui and you know there's a lot of overpays that we talked about consistently over the course of the past three days and I'll get to my worst contract of all of them because Jeremy Grant's contract is actually now I think in my mind has a worse contract that's out there that's signed but when it comes to Rui Hashimura when most of these shows and analysts I've been listening to and watching are talking about Rui possibly being overpay because of the fact that they, they like us, have already said that he probably will not sustain that type of shooting over the course of an 82-game season. But if he reverts back to the Rui Hashimura of Washington and before the DMP costing us that much, that's going to be a problem. I think we're going to get somewhere in the middle, personally, when it comes to Rui Hashimura, so it won't come off that bad. I just worry if the Lakers put him in the starting lineup and depend on him a lot more than what they were depending on him in the playoffs. If the Lakers don't get a starting center with this last slot, let's say. He's probably going to start. He's probably going to start, and I believe he's better off the bench, although his pay is not bench-worthy. Uh, at the same time, if he hits 38% from three, he's going to be valuable. I mean, he's a big body. He's got a good mid-range. I've been trying to think about that a little bit. Why would he get worse? I don't think he'll get worse. He's not going to shoot 45% from three, but if he's shooting 38% from three the entire year, I believe that's a good number. And he's a good team player. And, and, I, 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 he, he, re, he, he did something last year that's made a switch. It was a switch of, I need to know what I need to do to win. LeBron was great in helping him do that and had a great playoff run. 
So I don't see Rui being a problem. I really don't. He's, he might just be blossoming at the right time. I hope so. I, you know, again, like I told you, when they traded for him, the reason why he became available is his inconsistency. Take the last two games before he moved to Lakers. 30-point game and a zero-point game back-to-back. So that just tells you at that time his career with Washington has always been about inconsistency. When he came to the Lakers, originally before, like you said, why did he get a DNP? He got DNP because his play was inconsistent. As soon as he got that DNP, he became, like you said, he asked the right questions and did the right things to make himself more consistent with the Lakers. Now, he tailed off a little bit in the Denver series, of course. A lot of the play- Lakers players did. That's part of the reason why they lost. But, again, his overall numbers for the playoffs were outstanding. I'm assuming he cannot hit 47% from behind the arc for an entire season. I'm going to say if he gets to 37% for a season, then I think that's more than what people should ask for. If he's hitting his mid-range shot, scoring 12, 13 points a game, being a good team player and playing good team defense, that's all you can ask for. Uh, In today's NBA, his salary can become an asset even if he doesn't play well. Yeah, because uh, it's he, not a huge enough deal where you mm-hmm. can't be traded. No, and the contract isn't five years; it's three years. Yeah, I don't know the param. I don't know what the third. I don't know what the third year. I is haven't of, heard if it's a team or a me, player. Option. Me neither. My my guess is it's probably a t- a player option, but that that's because it always seems to be a player option for someone who's valued in in, in a signing. Uh, I'm not worried about Ryu, Ryu, Rui. Talking about video games too too much. Today. There you go. Uh, Ru- I'm not worried about Rui. Uh, Rui. I'm just not. I'm 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 thinking right now is who's going to be this? Who's going to be the next signing? Who is likely going to be a center? If they get Christian Wood on the minimum, it is a slam dunk that the Lakers are going to be the favorite to win the championship next year. I'm not saying Vegas is going to do it. But to me, no, Vegas it, is probably going to lean towards Denver or Boston, right? Correct. Now. Correct. I don't know why. I mean, Boston with, with Porzingis, I know that, that they that's got a better. Very, they that's got a better. Sexy signing as they got saying. better on offense. But the issue is, I have to see that guy play more than 65 games for me to think, oh, okay, this guy's going to make it through an 82 game season and then three months of, of, of uh, playoff basketball. But Boston had to make that transaction. And it was a good one. It was a really, really good one on paper. You have to take a chance. They just got screwed by the Clippers uh, when the Slippers bought out on that first trade because had they been able to keep Marcus Smart, which, by the way, Celtics don't do, do, do themselves any favors, man. They told Marcus Smart he wasn't going anywhere, and that turned out to be another lie. Boston is really good at lying to their players and bouncing them. And that's a bad reputation. That's why Boston will never get a, a high, a high-end free agent to come there. And I hear you right now, my friend. But the thing is also with Jalen Brown. You know, you've seen all these extensions for the past three days, huge extensions given to players all over the league. I believe Jalen Brown is available for an extension and has yet to receive one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, little, little rent, little idea here on Jalen Brown if I'm Boston I'm talking to Portland 
just to feel something out a little bit. Yeah, but that would have been great. Uh, you know, you got to go ahead and involve Grant in the mix because you just signed him, which is a similar player to Jalen Brown, for an obscene amount of money as well. I would say if you can have Porzingis and, let's say, Dame Lillard and Jason Tatum, I think that might be a little bit more scary in the playoffs than Jalen Brown. Tatum, I agree. And Porzingis. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you have to have that conversation especially when you're at the cusp of paying Jalen Brown the super max, which I believe he is not. He's mm-hmm. a good player. He's a leader. I like his attitude. I like him as a person, but he does not warrant a super max in my book. Uh, even Dave Willard, uh, with all his talents in, in Portland, super max is, belongs to LeBron. It belongs to Jokic. It belongs to Giannis. Those are super maxes, not guys that have actually won, not guys that are not going to win, help you win a championship. And I know roster construction is a team thing, but super max, you put yourself in a a worse position when you actually do have a one star team that, you know, can't win a championship. You almost screw yourself twice. So I want to ask you, my friend, getting back to the Lakers situation right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and a Lakers Fast Break, along with Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com and Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. want to ask you this, my friend, when it concerns that, that starting lineup, because the reason why that you and so many others out there in our chat are letting us know and letting them, you know, everybody out there know that we need to get Christian Wood. The reason what, why, no, he's not a great defender. And anybody who thinks he might be under Dallas, you know, under the Lakers probably would be mistaken themselves because of how well, you know, well he played on only one end of the court with Dallas, with Houston, and also the fact that he burned those bridges on his way out. I think, though, the reason why we're so intrigued is what he can bring offensively to the Lakers in providing himself as a stretch five, shooting 38% from three, shooting 17, can actually run the floor with LeBron in that environment. And alongside AD, AD can make up for a lot of the shortcomings he has on defense. The reason why Jackson Hayes or or even uh, Vanderbilt you know, who we love so much played, played so well at times defensively should ever be only a spot starter at best because of the fact that they don't stretch the floor and that they, they just basically clog up the lane. It worked for us in 2020. I mean, a lot of the feedback and pushback we get Joe is that, well, you had JaVale McGee out there or Dwight Howard starting a lot of these games and the Lakers were able to get away with it as far as having three non stretch players and we're including LeBron in that mix because LeBron sorry to say is not a three-point shooter a good one at this point in time we're just being totally honest to year out there but you and I have all seen that as far as LeBron checking up all those threes especially this past season you can't have three non-shooters for a predominant amount of time in today's NBA it's really hard it is absolutely really hard and you're right Christian Wood is a pretty good rebounder as well well, let's put it in perspective, folks. Are you are you ready? <laughs> Christian Wood doesn't play well on defense. However, I want you to comp- I want you to put this in perspective in that the three centers we had this last year were Winyan Gabriel, uh, Mo Bamba, 
and Tristan Thompson that wasn't Anthony Davis. Oh, I'm getting shivers so, there. So, so we said this earlier before we had an idea of who we wanted. Any center at this point in free agency is going to be better than what we've had other than Anthony Davis, which is playing out of position in a, in a lot of ways. So you get Christian Wood, you've, you've more than doubled your talent in that position, regardless of how bad he is here or there. And if he has a good camp, if he has a good camp and plays well alongside AD, you could potentially put him at starter alongside AD. AD moves to the four, which is a more natural and comfortable position for him, which could possibly lead to a longer season, more games available, and he doesn't get beaten up as much going into the playoffs. Correct. And your offense is going to be constructed perfectly for a LeBron-centric team. You're going to have a point guard who can handle the ball and who can shoot in D'Angelo Russell. You have Anthony Davis playing his normal position of the four who can spread the floor a little bit too. He's not a, hasn't been shooting really well the last few years, but he did start playing a little bit better and shooting a little bit better towards the end of the season. Uh, this season, I should say. Christian Wood can can make shots. You have Austin Reeves, which word has come out that he's going to have more bat ball handling uh, duties, which means he's going to be playing the two uh, as uh, kind of like a dual uh point guard, scoring guard type thing like like uh, D'Angelo Russell. So think about that for a second. You have LeBron James that's going to be playing a point forward-like position, which is really still small forward. And you're going to have D'Angelo Russell who can shoot, Austin Reeves who can shoot, Christian Wood who can shoot, and AD who's going to still open the floor up for you and who can shoot. (laughs) It's perfect. It's perfect. And everybody plays the position that they're supposed to play. It would it would work. And then you bring in Rui uh, off the bench. You can make him the sixth man with, with the team. And I believe he'll be extremely valuable at that point. One thing I want to ask you is something Z's, uh, you know, I said the comment on it and Z's picked up on it in the best chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. Let's go back to 2015 to this upcoming season. What are you looking for as far as LeBron and the three, it's it's not consistent because there are years like 2015 where it's 30%. This past season is 32. 2018 is 33. And then you get into some, to some decent numbers where in 2020, 2016, 2017, and 2021, we're shooting around 36%. Which LeBron do you think we can get? When he's shooting, I mean, if he's shooting 36%, it helps us so much more. But if he's shooting 30 to 32 with all the amount of shots that he's taking from behind the arc at this stage of his career, that could really also hurt us as well. Less activity, the better for LeBron so that he doesn't start shooting bad towards the end of the year because he has no lift in his shot. The reason why he was missing shots from deep practically the last three series was because he was tired. He is tired guys. He needs his rest. And he didn't really get that during the regular season. He played way too many games where we went into overtime and he played 52 minutes, uh, 48 minutes. 
it's just too much, guys. We can't afford that. But we do have some horses now. We have Gabe Vincent. We have Prince. We have Austin Reeves that just got his big contract. But none of these guys, absolutely not. Not even Austin, although he was just a tick under. None of these guys are 40% three-point shooters. Our our numbers should go up incrementally, but still, we're one of the weaker three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Just we to be will, honest, we, yeah, we're never we're never going to be a shooting team with AD and LeBron at the focal point. But what we can be is we can be a team of smart basketball players with a good blend of youth and veteran leadership, and a coach that came out and came out the playoffs much improved with when coming out of a regular season where he was uh, mediocre to worse than mediocre. Uh, and we, I say that because in a lot of ways it maybe wasn't his fault. Uh, it, once the, once the trade happened at the deadline, it, it, it changed a lot of things. It's, I don't believe it's a coincidence that all of a sudden Darvin Ham started knowing how to coach, uh, he, he had he had bad tools. He had two really bad, rusty, useless tools until they got rid of those tools and got some younger guys and some guys that understood their roles. Bad as Vando was towards the end, he wasn't a malcontent. He didn't get in the way of the chemistry. He didn't create problems in the locker room. At least he was there playing his butt off. He did well sometimes, and of course, he didn't do well on, on the other side as well. But that's the key here, guys. One of the one of the un- underrated things that happened in 2020 was I didn't hear a peep out of the Lakers almost the entire year. There was never any drama. It was eerie how weird that was because usually L.A. And L.A. is like the only team I've ever seen that's had massive drama yet still win. Uh, win championships. You, you, we've been around, you know, with Kobe and Shaq and those guys. Yeah. Um, so you. This team seems to. I got. I'm getting a good feeling that this team is going to understand what 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 they're about, and they're they, they're going to get a chance to prepare early this time, and get everything right. Maybe they come out the gate, let's say, I don't know, ten and seven. But I believe if that after those first seventeen, anything is better than two and ten, my correct. friend. But let's say they do. Let's say they do come out ten and seven. Uh, I believe they will hit a stride at some point. We used to it, come on after the show. <laughs> what it was it? Remember what it was like last season after two and ten when we came on the show? Oh my God! It's on YouTube and Facebook. You can watch it if you want. But it's we were hilarious because we were so mad. <laughs> We were so mad. Oh, my gosh, indeed. But I sense a lot better start for the Lakers this time around. It is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate it. I wanted to ask you quick, my friend, when it comes to the Lakers and how the CBA might have changed Rob's thinking. And we'll go into Rob's performance here in the offseason in a second as well. Uh, I wanted to mention to you one of the things that was signed today is the first second round draft pick was signed uh, today earlier today with the Sacramento Kings signing the number 34 pick Colby Jones out of Xavier to a four-year 8.76 million rookie deal. Two years only of it is guaranteed. The rest, I believe, is team options. But it's the first player signed under this NBA's new second-round pick exception, according to Sham Sharania. So I ask you, my friend, 
one thing that's always bothered me about how Rob approaches these young players is he doesn't take these second round or undrafted players and gives them any with, you know, with any of them that are, that look like they have any kind of promise and sign them to longer term contracts, which in turn gets you into more financial trouble in a shorter amount of time. Like for instance, Austin Reeves, had they given him a team option for this year instead of just making or allowing him to be a restricted free agent, we probably would have saved ourselves a ton of cash and been able to go ahead and maybe pursue bigger names for a for a center. I mean, it just it it eats you. So, do you think that you know what you're seeing with this new CBA will that allow him to go ahead and make better moves when signing these young players? Is is Rob doing that? To, to, to make sure that he, his, his, his salary each year is more fluid or is he not understanding that he there that the the scouts and the front office are picking talented players late in those those drafts and not taking advantage of keeping them there on a rookie contract well and, like Eric 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 is in our chat right now that's what I'm asking because Maxwell Lewis would be the first name on this list because he's the 40th pick second round draft pick. You could sign him to one of those four-year deals, two years guaranteed, make it a four-year deal or a three-year deal. Just something so that, okay, because the way that Max Christie has to pop, if Max Christie pops, it works for the Lakers during the season, but against them because he's a restricted free agent, he's out on the open market next summer. Because you signed him only to a two-year deal. You understand my frustration is these guys like, THT, Caruso, you didn't commit to them in longer terms, Austin Reeves. So you're, you're, it, it financially... was really only Alex Caruso, though. But remember, Alex signed, Caruso, but they Alex signed Caruso, THT. Yeah, but Alex Caruso, remember the first year he was with the Lakers, that tail end of the season, he started playing really well. And then he committed, I believe, to a contract, a short term contract with the Lakers. And then you saw what happened from there. Same thing with THT. THT. You know, they sign him as a second round draft pick. They, you know, he's a very young kid. You know, it's going to take time for him to develop. You only commit to him in two years. He blows up in that second year, and you saw how it cost the Lakers. I'm just worried about if Rob will continue that part of his his thinking and his mindset, which ultimately costs us financially. I don't think it's cost us financially. It did. It did earlier. Yeah. You, I, had you signed Austin Reeves to a three or four year contract initially, you we wouldn't be talking about Austin Reeves, you know, trying to, you know, we wouldn't have had to sweat out Austin Reeves possibly getting $80 million from, from Houston. So like that. We sweated it, but the, the, we overvalued it. Well, he's still being paid $56 million a year sooner than he, he needed to be. Who would we have been able to sign if we had him on a rookie contract is the question now. Well, I'm just saying there would have been more money to free up for other players. Who? Uh, for instance, as far as uh, Brooke Lopez. You talked about how much we could go ahead and spend up Brooke Lopez. Maybe we would have been able to spend more on Brooke Lopez. Would we have been able to spend $24 million on Brooke Lopez if... Or if... Miles Turner. I see Miles Turner's name in the chat. We could have finally done that magical trade that Laker Tom's been at waiting a year for. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals, my friend. I'm just saying the mindset... I don't, I don't think it works like that, Gerald. Uh, well, it does It does work like that. You have to look at it from the other side, too. You have to look at it from the other side, too. Now you have Austin for four more years, not having to worry about him being a free agent next year. Uh, coming off a year where he played better 
next year than he did this year. But if it, Max Christie pops, if Ma- Ma- Max Christie pops, then you you deal with it. You got to deal with but it. Is, 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 is Max, Chris, Max Christie going to pop? Is he going to become uh, Austin Reeves 2.0? Uh, not really playing a lot his first year, probably not. I think Max Christie is likely two years to three years away of being fulfilling his full potential. I understand that, but that's why you signed with his, especially if you're buying like the Lakers did last year, they bought and paid millions of dollars to buy into the draft to select him. You would think they would want to go ahead and there, just make, make a better investment into him after you spend so much money getting him in the first place. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they learned their lesson that they're, they're really good I'm at hoping picking. So. We'll maybe, see in the next couple of days when they sign. It's Max just not Lewis. something I, I think about. And I don't think they do either. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> the Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers are a superstar-driven franchise. They're not going to hold their hopes up or worry about setting contracts out to people who, who will never be stars on the team. At least, the the, the first-tier stars. But th- these homegrown stars, in some cases, with some teams, let's take the Warriors. The Warriors have been able to go ahead and excel because they found players that they drafted and retained them with financially at that time early in their career fiscally sound contracts i'm just saying you take these gambles on these kids in the second round and undrafted it really only hasn't worked once it didn't work out once with alex caruso recently Uh, well with tht you don't think it worked out tht they signed them but they had they had and by the way he turned out to be a dud yeah but they had to commit to a larger contract a lot sooner and he ended up being a dud I'm. I'm not gonna go. I'm just going back. They, they might be looking here. at. The, they might be looking at that. Look, we we try to value this guy. He got his contract, and he stunk after that. Well, the thing is, the good news is for everybody out there. If Max Christie does pop, and the Lakers have this issue next year, and if we're arguing like this again, that means Max Christie, as the backup shooting guard, has played well enough to go ahead and get a nice role in this league, and that's actually a good problem to have if you're the Lakers. Just don't think Max Christie's going to tip us over to championship level. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, because if he well, had he, a dom, if he had a phenomenal rookie season where he was a runner-up for rookie of the year, that'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. But I'm just we. I, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. The Lakers are driven by stars. I'm talking first-tier stars. Their focus is always to have flexibility. Uh, year it's in, also year about out. building a team, right? Which they did, and they are. And okay. Lakers seem to stumble and still either win championships or go deep in the playoffs because they have stars on the team. So when we didn't have stars on the team was when we sucked between 2014 and 2017. We really stunk those four seasons because we had no stars. When we had a star, granted, uh, LeBron didn't make the playoffs in 2018, but that's because he had his first major injury in his career at that point, uh, and we had a fairly young team. And then when they didn't make the playoffs in 2022 was the the curse of Russell Westbrook. Z, I, you know, I could t- talk semantics with him all day long. He's not going to listen. He's Joe. But that was Yeah, well, they made, they made the decision to sign THT because he was seven years younger and was showing promise. And then he hit the wall. Yeah. You're of right. course, yeah. looking back at it now, I would have said no to THD and signed Caruso. And absolutely. I would have done the same thing as well. Uh-huh.
We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there supporting us any which way you can. Right here on a Sunday night, it is truly appreciated. It's at 11 o'clock, but we're still going strong right here at the Lakers Fast Break. NBA Free Agency, Day 3. The Lakers, whether you know you take what Zangerstein said that we announced here on the show about what the, you know some of the Lakers' options as far as whether or not they should fill up one or two slots left that are open. Of course, again, according to most reports, they've said only fill up one. Zangerstein said it might be more fiscally sound, especially to hold on to all three of those two-way players that you have to fill the entire roster up. The one thing is, though, we still need one more big man in play, and Christian Wood is still out there. I think he could still, with the right mindset, be an individual that you could actually start alongside AD. And, we're, you know, again, if there's still people out there wondering why we still emphasize AD at the four, I know Joe, has, I asked Joe to repeat this all the time, but it is best and consequential for his health. It's, it's just the best thing for his health that he plays the four. AD has been on the record, say he's more, more comfortable at the four. For all intents and purposes, it's just better for him to play off a big center like Jokic and help out. We saw it in, in Den- Denver series, my friend, when the Lakers came back in the game one, Rui was the one playing Jokic all the time. And AD was coming over as the help man. You know, using this Denver series as a kind of decision-making series for a lot of these guys, everyone failed in that series. It's not just, uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell got the biggest hit on that, but it was everyone who failed. AD couldn't contain. I mean, there were some games where they were able to contain Jokic a little bit. They got him into foul trouble. But the problem is no one hit shots consistently, and Denver hit shots consistently. And you can't say they didn't have opportunities to win games because he had two of those games at home, and they hadn't lost a home game up until they lost to Denver in game three and four or games three and four. Um, I just think that series just didn't work out. You hit a, you hit a, you hit, you hit the, the worst team at the worst time and you didn't play well uh, due to fatigue, due to the pressure of the moment, due to lack of continuity at that point. Either way, I'm just going to look at that series as a just wrong place, wrong time setup. Now you've put enough skilled players on this team. You've you've put enough risk versus reward, good risk versus reward type players. Youth is there. You have uh, an off season and a training camp this time. You don't have to worry about not having that continuity and that chemistry that to build. The only negative is you have a, a year older LeBron. Uh, 
that's something we're going to have to see where he's at. But I already, I already know. I already know he needs to not play a lot of minutes, even in, in close games. Even in you close said games. close to thirty. Am I correct? Yeah, I don't. I, I would, I would, I want a 2014 type distribution of minutes for this team. 2014 Spurs was one of the most. It was it was the best coach team I. You could argue was the best coach team I've ever seen, and that takes a lot because you of how much you hate Pop. Yeah, Pop is a is a pompous ass, but he's a great coach, and that that was his. That was you his, he got the shot in there as well. It was his Belichick. It was it was his. Belichick, I, I, it was almost like when when the Patriots beat the Rams in Super Bowl, what was it, 54? Was it 54? A few years yeah. ago? Yeah. That was Belichick's best coached game in all of his Super Bowls. Someone would come to me and say, no, 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 no. He beat the greatest team on turf in 2001. Um, the reason why I picked that Super Bowl for Belichick is I watched – in an era of offense, in an era where referees let offense do everything and defense do nothing, I watched a game plan where I knew after the first quarter the Rams weren't going to score. I hadn't seen that in years. And Popovich in 2014, he, I think uh, Tim, Tim, Tim averaged 29 minutes that year. and It was almost like everybody played less than 30 minutes that year. And they... They ran the most beautiful offense all year round. They annihilated Miami in the, in the finals so much so that LeBron bowed out after game two with, with cramps and never never was able to recover. We need something like that this coming year. We need an even distribution of time, even distribution of minutes, and we need all the players to, to be focused on winning. And Darvin Ham's job is going to have to make sure that that's – First and foremost, what needs to get done. And Eric and everyone in the chat, that doesn't mean we would have just Wood in the in the in the clutch time in late in the game at the five. I mean, if he's playing well enough, absolutely. But most times in the clutch, we would still, as everybody would know, you know, Ham is probably would probably going to go ahead and lean on AD at the five. But the less minutes AD playing the five, I think is. You know, you just means for us, I think a little bit better chance he doesn't get worn down. Let's say Yay, he plays a subscriber. So much Tashi for subscribing to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But Joe, I just think the less he plays at five, the better he, you know, he will be and the fresher he will be going into the playoffs. Yeah, he, he's definitely going to be moved to the five during right. late season, I mean, late, it, late game scenarios. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's Darvin Ham's job is to put him at the five in certain spots. Uh, Anthony Davis closed out the 2020 finals playing center and playing uh, the finest defensive, in my book, the, the, the most amazing defensive performance I've ever seen in a, in a game of that magnitude. He was absolutely destructive to, to Miami's offense and uh, Frank Vogel's, uh, insertion of uh alex caruso in the starting lineup in that game was a coaching genius move those are the type of things that need to happen with darvin ham and if they if they're able to 
maneuver that all year and make it work and, and not have LeBron and AD tax themselves to the point where their, their bodies burn out at the end, Slaker team is going to have a very good chance at winning it all. So let's say, and the other name in there is Mason Plumley, uh, who did play a pretty good role and played quite a stretch of minutes in the playoffs for the Clippers. The thing is, though, he he's because he's not a four stretcher by any stretch of the imagination, pardon the pun, I really think that that's going to be an issue where, again, the Lakers are reverting themselves back to the 2020 season where they got away with it, but still it makes it harder in today's NBA to have three non-shooters out there I know if you put Jared Vanderbilt out there, you're going to have that issue. But again, when you have so many non-shooters out there, and I'm thinking if this is LeBron shooting the 30% as opposed to, let's say, 36, that can be an issue for the Lakers. Mason Plumlee is still a better center than anything we had this last year. As as badly as he is on the free throw line, as badly as on offense, uh, he's still better than anything we have. So if we end up signing Plumlee, uh, which I don't think is going to happen anyways. I think the Clippers want him to come back uh, from what I've read. But if he, if, if the Lakers get Plumlee or or Christian Wood, it's a massive win. It's a upgrade at the center position regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So you you win you win that that. Oh, he does get rebounds. You're right, overdose. We're not yeah. gonna, we're not disputing that. It's just the lane gets smaller, and you know LeBron. LeBron, you know, when he feels frisky, he loves to drive down the lane. Yeah. And that's probably the best thing when he's playing is he's driving in the lane, getting fouled, getting the contact. AD, same thing, getting fouled, getting contact. When the Lakers are running and they're getting to the line, that's hard to stop. And we're we're gonna we're gonna hope also that some of the guys that we've signed are going to improve this year, too. If Austin Reeves improves, if Rui improves, if D'Angelo Russell can improve on his performance, that will play a factor. Will Gabe Vincent improve? Will Prince improve? That changes everything on its own, too. Uh, I think AD could improve a little, but he started hitting his free throws, and maybe if he could hit more mid-range shots on a consistent basis. I think that would obviously help uh, keep the, the floor spread and maybe we'd, be, we'd have a chance to do more pick and roll. Uh, Hood Shafino is a, is a guy that's been touted as a guy that's really good at the mid-range and very good at pick and roll offense. That would be fun to see a pick and roll uh, scenario uh, in a, on a consistent basis. And I understand that we're not playing Jokic and Embiid 82 games a year, but there's a good chance you will meet them when it counts the most. They have to, they have to, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do right now. They've put a really good team together and we're going to find out at, at training camp, how they play. The noise will start to come out and then let's enjoy the season. We're going to be here. We're going to be talking after every game, during the game, and we're going to we're going to have all the information and enough stuff going on. And the cool thing is we don't have to worry about needing anything really for, for the first time in a long time. And we're not going to have to worry about getting rid of something for the first time in a while. That, that seems to be a real big relief for me anyways. 
So I ask you, my friend, let's cover the last 20 minutes of the show because I'm going to probably end it at 90 minutes because we've had a long weekend and we will be back tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to do a late show around 10 p.m. as a recap of the day for day four in the NBA free agency. We will come on sooner. If something breaks that's Laker-centric, we'll come on on the fly and do it. Joe said he wants to go ahead and do it on the fly if there's any major news for the Lakers or if we do sign Christian Wood or something like that. Absolutely. We will also be available at 3 p.m. for playback.tv. So that's Lakers fast break. Also as well for the for the upcoming game against the Miami Heat. So it's great to get it back in the preseason game as far as that's concerned. But before we head it out, my friend, again, I wanted to go ahead and stress what the Lakers have done as opposed to other teams. Houston, they did the overpay for Fred Van Vliet. Okay, whatever. But the worst contract in the NBA was signed also yesterday. Dylan Brooks, a guy who we thought might have been going to China after his embarrassing defeat at the hands of LeBron in the playoffs and how he was really just made just destroyed by LeBron at times right there in front of a national audience. Your thoughts, though, on Dylan Brooks ending up getting paid substantially more than D'Angelo, Austin Reeves, or Rui Hashimura, all of which played better than Dylan Brooks? I have no idea, honestly. I, I have no idea how that guy got $20 million for four years per. 80 for four. Absolutely insane. I understand Houston had to pay money, but if you're Houston, why aren't you smarter and just saying, hey, look, we're going to hold on to the extra cash. We're going to see if anybody wants to dump their players our way and get a whole bunch of draft picks instead. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one, man. I, I really don't. That is I don't, just insane. I, I saw that number uh, pop up on my phone, and I was going like, I, I, I thought I read eight at first, and then all of a sudden it was 80. Well, overdose, they have to spend it by the start of the season. I would solicit offers from around the league. Hey, dump your bad contracts on us and give us some draft picks instead of signing Dylan Brooks. You still have the to the beginning of the season to get to 90% of the cap, and that's just insane that you but give You could have gave Dylan that Brooks. to a much more dependable player, someone who would actually play. And this guy on a young team and why would you pay that attitude? His bad would, attitude killed Memphis. And why put would him you on pay him four? That's the other thing. You gave him a, practically a, almost a max contract. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, overdose, I, I agree with you. But again, if I was Houston and been smart, Oklahoma City, you, how does Oklahoma City have like 500 draft picks? It's because they keep on taking these bad contracts in and they keep on getting these great draft picks out of it. That's smart. That's Sam Presti. That's how you do it. The guy in Houston, the GM in Houston, he's just like, we're just going to go ahead and give all of our money away like Monopoly. Absolutely just insane. And trade away players that they could go ahead and extend instead, like K.J. Martin. I would have rather kept K.J. Martin than played Dylan Brooks. Absolutely just. And he's such a bad fit for that team because they have so many young players that will see how bad of an attitude they can have just like him. It's just incredible. a lot of bad. Atti- There's always bad attitude in the NBA somewhere. He just kind of went more wrestling uh, with his, and I don't know. He made it exciting a little bit. I'm, I'm not mad at him for talking smack. I think it it, it ended badly for him, and it, it ended really well for us. So maybe that's why it's not bothering me. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> uh, you you liked talking it. smack. Being being the bad guy is fun. 
But if his uh, member is on your team, be, being the with, bad guy is fun. Uh, I, well, let I me get, ask you this: It was on your team with Patrick Beverly. It didn't work out so well for the Lakers. Well, Patrick Beverly's different. He's a schmuck. How, so that's different from Dylan. He's Brooks. old and he's schmucky. I don't. I just uh, he's always been a problem. Even when he was good, he was a problem. I just don't Dylan, like him. Dylan Brooks has got a bad attitude and a yeah. bad shot. Well, that's I a mean, bad it, combination. It, 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 I, I didn't have to deal with Dylan Brooks other than this series, and he's not a Laker. It, it, having dealing having having Dylan Brooks as a Laker would would have probably been been worse. But he's never been a Laker. But Patrick Beverly was, and that that's what made it worse. And the thing is, okay, everybody's talking about his defense, defense, defense. That 38-year-old man that blew by him in the playoffs when it mattered the most kind of makes it look like he doesn't play the greatest defense in the world either. I think Dylan Brooks's problem was he couldn't make a shot. He can't if he had made shots, Memphis probably wins that series. It wasn't so much the defense. And at the end of the day, LeBron ran out of gas uh, a lot during the playoffs. I'm not saying Dylan Brooks was the cause, but playing Memphis tough, playing Golden State tough, it, it wore out the Lakers in this in the Denver in the Denver series. And they could these analysts could be right. The Rui could be an overpay because if he reverts back to being the inconsistent Rui that you know we've seen for for his entirety of his career, it'll be an overpay. But it's not that gargantuan that the Lakers couldn't go ahead and get off it at some point in time. With Dylan Brooks, it's just four for twenty, uh, four years, twenty million per year. That that's just insane. I that is my uh, that's my worst pick of this. That's my worst contract, even above Jeremy Grant's of this free agency period. That's absolutely my worst. So, and I would I would say that's a good one. That's a fair one. Jeremy Grant at least will provide some good culture because I heard he's an outstanding player. I understand an outstanding and overpriced player, but still he'll provide at least some, some good. He's also coming as an older veteran player, you know, working with a younger team. He's going to provide something in the locker room. What is Dylan Brooks going to provide you? Nothing, but everybody's shouting out stuff at LeBron as far as being old and all that and end up biting you in the ass. Maybe, maybe he'll turn over a new leaf. In, in Houston. Well, he won't be going, he won't be needing to go to the Shanghai Sharks anytime soon, at least for I, I, that was, uh, that was more of a just a big, I, I know like, it was a joke. He was never going. For Those <laughs> memes were just awesome. Absolutely. People shouting out at him after the game, shouting that, hey, China's waiting for you and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That was so hilarious indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break, my friend. Want to go ahead and spend the last few minutes of our show talking about. Rob Palenka so far. Rob Palenka, you and I have have spent a lot of time with a lot of harsh words to Rob as far as, you know, with the Westbrook, you know, trade, the Westbrook acquisitions, the stuff he's done over the years. But, you know, that trade deadline, he made up for a lot of his misgivings, but we were very unsure. You and I were very unsure how he would handle this free agency situation Laker Tom was confident all the way because you know he just sees everything in a purple and gold shade. But we were like trying to be realistic and say, okay, two years of ineptitude, finally he's on the right track. Let's see him keep it going. And you know what? I'm going to admit here in public, I think he did a good job. I think he really did a good job. I think right now I'm giving the team right now, even without a, a Christian Wood or center situation fully solved, an A. You said an A minus the other day on the show. 
your thoughts on the way Rob Palenka has rebounded and grown as a general manager to become, you know, right now, a really good one. If what I'm seeing, yeah, I've got to admit it. He's, he's been it. he's been doing this since the, the 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 trading deadline, and he continued it in the off season. It's on the players now to make him look better. And if they are a top three West team next year, it's very likely he'll win Executive of the Year um, because. I haven't seen this much praise for the Lakers in the offseason in, in a very long time. They, I don't think we even got this much praise when we traded for Anthony Davis. Matter of fact, I was seeing a lot of there's a chance that the Lakers might not make the playoffs after they had acquired Anthony Davis. I'm not exa- I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I actually watched I say they might not make the playoffs, mm-hmm. let alone because they thought they gave chance. up too much. Yeah, which was just stupid. I don't even understand why you would think. The same people who said they gave up too much said the Lakers didn't have enough to win a championship with a Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and a Josh Hart team. Well, which one is it, guys? It can't be both. Which one is it? Well, in the end, what happened? In the end, Lonzo's done for his career. Brandon Ingram made an all-star team, but he's okay. Josh Hart, great role player. That's about it. And even the draft picks that you got, one of them we even got back. (laughs) <laughs> indirectly. So uh, it's hard to take those guys seriously when you, they will contradict themselves consistently. That's what they're really good at is contradicting. I don't know if they pay attention to what they say uh, or they're maybe not wanting to, maybe they're trying to appease a certain crowd, get somebody riled up, just, I can understand if there's a there's a Skip Bayless type kind of setup where you you, you want to be the bad guy so you can get the attention, uh, but it's still stupid. Either be the guy or 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 or, or, or don't be the guy. Uh, I think if you're more authentic and you're the bad guy, that's I guess more uh, admirable, at least in my book. But I guess uh, those guys are making millions of dollars doing something, doing what they're doing. So I guess they know what they're doing. <laughs> Well, you know, Anthony has a good point, and I'm going to give him props on this. He said we had Rondo, Dwight, McGee, Morris, Caruso, uh, of course, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Green. Come on, this new team is not that. Nor am I going to say right now that they are that, uh, but they do look pretty good on paper. Uh, they do like look like they can, they're can. a better team than what Denver faced in the playoffs. I do think that Denver's lost a little something, losing Green, to Houston, and then also as well the big hit, Bruce uh, Bruce Brown, on that massive new contract in Indiana. But it's only one year, Joe, so it's not like you're paying the guy for, you know, you do have an option in the second year, and he got paid. And I know you said it was an overpay, but it's only for one year when you really look at it. So when it comes down to it, maybe this team doesn't at first appear like that 2020 team, but I think it is a step in the right, de- uh, you know, the direction. I think it's a team that does have depth in several areas. I think for everybody out there who was shouting, we more, need more wings, need more wings. We got more wings that are capable to give us minutes. Is it the fact that it's going to give LeBron and AD hopefully less minutes in the lineup? I hope so, but I can't, I can't tell you for sure until I see this product. I would have liked a little bit more shooting here and there. Those guys are hard to come by. You know, that can also still play defense. But again, for what the Lakers did, I think they did really well. They have. On paper, they did very well. Yeah. And 
I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like at training camp. It's not, it's not about the acquisitions now. It's about the performance. And yeah. as far as them not being 2020, uh, more more than anything is they're not 2020 because they don't have that LeBron 2020. Yeah. If LeBron 2020 was playing in this year's playoffs, Lakers would have won the series. I agree with that as well. I agree with that. That's as well. that's that's the difference. That's the big difference. You had AD in 2020, who should have been Defensive Player of the Year that year by a mile. Uh, still wondering how that how that went the way it did. Uh, so you had a better AD that year than you did this year. For sure, they would have beat Denver. And, you know, we did beat Denver. We beat them 4-1. That, that, that's what it was. Uh, they had, had almost the same team other than KCP switching teams, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I don't want to dwell on the past. I don't want to compare that. I'm not trying to compare this team to 2020. Uh, it's, it's kind of a waste of, of breath at that point. It's unrealistic, but they do have, uh, I think they could have better depth of young players on this team that could perform and do what they need to do. And if they can, then that means LeBron and, and AD are, are able to, uh, not have all the pressure on them throughout the year. Our old friend Luca, before we go, uh, stated that nothing could be as, uh, as you know, as far as an overpay as paying Draymond Green and keeping Clay, fat dude, big mouth, and punching people. I still like, I, I still think the Dr- the Draymond at twenty five a year is a better deal than Dylan Brooks at twenty a year. Your thoughts? You're paying both four years. I'm not exactly thrilled with either. But I would say the worst contract is Dylan Brooks. I think that's just that one just screams an oh, way overpay. I'd say you're you're you you could be right. I'm not arguing against it. Uh, I know but, you're not a big fan of Green either. But Green is probably really the the worst contract that was given this this uh, this offseason. He was washed up two years ago, and you just gave him twenty five million dollars for four more years. Why? Why would you do that? He's dead. He's done. Uh, Clay Thompson is pretty much getting to his last legs, and we've discussed that's why Bob Myers left. Bob Myers likely wanted to blow up this team and start over with Steph. Especially Curry. with that kind of salary cap, they're way over. The, they can't be able in this new CBA. After even after the trade of pool, they will not be able to make maneuvers that normal teams can if they continue on this route. Yeah. It, it, it's what it is, guys. Uh, Clay had unfortunate circumstances with his injuries, fluke injuries that happened, and Draymond is done. He can't play like he used to. Why would you give him more money? Yeah. They should have let him go. They should have done something with him. I, I don't. I, maybe they did it so they could keep the the contract for future stuff. I don't know. It didn't look like it. Uh, but that's a that's going to be a big mistake on Golden State's part, and I don't think they're going to. They're going to be, they're going to be worse than they were this last year. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us today for awesome coverage right here of NBA free agency day three, right here at the Lakers fast break. Tune in tomorrow. We will have a recap of day four late, but we'll also, if any news breaks, we'll go ahead and have a show during the afternoon. Plus you can catch us tomorrow at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break sign up for free today and follow the game along with us the game is going to be on ESPN 2 it is the Lakers and Miami Heat the Lakers start their preseason schedule 
at the California Classic. Looking forward to catching along with us. And it's going to be very interesting to see what type of things are you looking forward to seeing with this new roster, the summer league roster that's out there. I know not all the players are probably going to end up playing. You know, if they get a hangnail, they're kept out, you know, all that stuff like that. I am hoping the un- the undrafted players get a chance to play. What are you looking at tomorrow on playback, my friend? You're on mute. I, I didn't put myself on mute. He must have done I that. didn't touch it. Uh, maybe I grazed it. Sorry. <laughs> no the, worries. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the free agent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty conf- I'm pretty sure that most of the guys they picked up as free agents are going to be playing. Uh, I know Castleton is a, Cat- a big of concern. Big. I, I, a lot of eyes are going to be on him. Yeah. Castleton's going to be playing. I want to see how good fudge plays. We're going to get a chance to see if uh, Max Christie looks like a uh, all-star next to everyone. That's going to be They're supposed to in their second year playing in the And then Hood Shafino's likely going to play with, as well as Maxwell uh, Lewis. Uh, we're, 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 we're going to see. We're going to get a chance to see how these guys work uh, as the stars of this particular team. And if, if, if Max Christie starts hitting threes and playing good defense, that's a good sign that he improved from last year. That's one I'm going to look at. And Castleton is a, uh, because he's a center and a guy that actually is extremely high IQ player and someone that campaigned to come to LA. He was apparently his agent was telling teams don't, don't draft them because he wanted to have, he, he wanted to make the decision on where he wanted to go. And, he ended up going to LA where he wanted to go. That's a that's a interesting sign for me. I want to see what that's all about when it when when it when it presents itself. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. I know Castleton is going to be all eyes are going to be on him. Even more than JHS and Maxwell Lewis among the diehard Lakers fans because they're trying to see if they can find somebody that possibly could be here to help right away. JHS, I know that there's still a lot of people out there that have big plans for him, but he's not as needed to blow up right away as what we're seeing and what we need with a big man that's been explained by everybody there in the chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break. So I'm I'm hoping Castleton, who our good friend Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast had rated as a second-round prospect, as a second-round talent, can actually start living up to that and use that, to, you know, being undrafted as a way of motivation to get to the big roster a lot sooner rather than later. It's fun. I, I missed basketball the moment it stopped. And now we get a chance to start watching basketball already here uh, beginning of July. That's how I'm looking at it. I don't know enough about these guys yet. Alex Fudge is, a, is, is probably the one – Guy Great athlete, very raw offensive. Very game. raw. I'm very, being very but, nice. Yes, very raw. The raw, raw, raw as raw can be. Yes. But a seven foot wingspan, six foot eight, two hundred pounds. Uh, highly touted out of out of high school. Yeah. Uh, didn't play particularly great at Florida, but these days I don't know who really plays well in college anymore. Uh, so we're 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 gonna. We're going to see how these guys look as pros for the first time. 
Let me ask you this final question. WC threw it out there. It's something we've been talking about all day. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, did sign a one-year contract from Brooklyn. We mentioned that earlier in the show. Uh, was it a mistake not resigning Lonnie Walker? No, just not enough space. Yeah. What kind of consistent time is he going to get? He's just going to go back into the situation where he's with last season where he might have a couple bad games and then he's put in the doghouse for a month. And that's that's unfair to him because he deserves a good opportunity. Yeah, it's it was it's just can't sign everyone. There's only 15 to a team. Like and Dennis was, Schroeder. And Dennis Schroeder got more money than I think the Lakers wanted to pay him. And I think that's why they went to Gabe they Vincent. Paid, they paid Gabe Vincent less a year. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a smart move, guys. It's You can't keep everybody. And Lonnie Walker had one fabulous game, important game in the playoffs, and we were able to springboard that into winning the series. But – it's just not it's just not enough minutes for everyone guys this 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 team has to succeed during the regular season playing at the very least eight guys maybe nine guys throughout the year and then that that that's going to have to shorten up to 7 to 8 when the playoffs come and uh, that's it i have a feeling they might I really think they shouldn't bring back Wenyan Gabriel. If you uh, have listened to us on the show for quite some time, you know, I, you know, as much as I like his spirit, uh, he has very little skill and talent. Wenyan Gabriel, there's a reason why he's been removed off of six NBA teams. I just don't think you're playing winning basketball. It's very much when Wenyan Gabriel's out there on the court. Well, if they can't get anyone else, I could see him coming back because he has shown a, a good motor there's a there's a continuity there there's two games where he's impressed very well and getting getting baskets uh consistently uh but as far as the playoffs is where the problem is going to be so if we can use him at least in the regular season that'd be fine but we need a center we need a legitimate starting center in my opinion to to get to get this team round up exactly where i want it and Boogie cousins you know we had him in, while he was here in rehab for a season but he's also actually worked out since then. He, I know he, he's here in Vegas and he works out here constantly. But I know he's worked out for the Lakers when they were looking for a big before they went with Tristan Thompson. And they decided not to choose him then. I think that's all you need to know about Boogie Cousins at that point in time. So, Yeah, Boogie Cousins is done, folks. That stretch he had with the Clippers, you know, he, he can hit from the outside. But athletically on defense, it's just, yeah, it's not. Yeah. No. As much as I like Boogie, I'm just, it's really hard to, to say that he would be a good fit for the Lakers. I really think, again, if they can sneak out Christian Wood, I think they would just kill it. That would be just, that would, that would be one of the best possible scenarios for this summer. God, I just, I would really, really like to get Christian Wood. <laughs> you and I both. You know? uh, and if we're, well, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. So, you know, I don't I, think we're wrong on that one. That yeah. that would be the perfect setup, especially for what you're going to pay him. Oof, man, that would be a steal. That would be the biggest steal in my book of the offseason if you're able to get a starting center for the vet minimum with that kind of skill. Uh, WC, as I've always explained here over the past few years, I've tried to be nicer. Since we got a larger audience, I've tried to be nicer to Tristan Thompson, Kardashian. But the thing is, if you ask me, TT or Mo Bamba, and you put the proverbial gun to my head. Proverbial, mind you, not the real thing. Stone said neither. Uh, I guess I'd say Mo Bamba, but both are just not 
you know, there's a reason why they're still out there. Tristan, remember, didn't play in the league for almost two count two seasons, uh, almost two full seasons. And the thing is, you know, when they brought him back, he had like 45 seconds, uh, you know, of good play. And yeah, I think he's better fit for the Y at this point in time. Agreed. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and I would like to go a show without talking about or using We're, the word. It's going to be hard. They just, they, uh, oh, okay. But you know me, I like to add that TTK to it. So sorry, sorry. Uh, but Christian Wood, again, Adam agreed, would make us all win in free agency all over. That would be awesome indeed. We'll see what happens. If it does happen and news breaks on that or something else within the Lakers community, we're going to go ahead and break in with a breaking news show as soon as we can, if that's the case. Otherwise, we'll be here tomorrow night to recap the Lakers' first preseason game. Plus, also as well, we'll be able to recap day three just to let you know, for all new viewers and listeners, we are actually, during the regular season, we will be on right after the game. Just to let everybody know, after every game we're on and going ahead and giving a recap of everything going on with the Lakers. But yes, tomorrow night, if we don't hear anything, we don't see anything new, we'll be on on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, and we'll be on tomorrow night to recap day three and also the first day of Summer League with the Lakers WC says, can't wait for Summer League tomorrow. Zangerstein says, get Wood or Plumley first. Then, yes, you can have TT or Wenyan as a cheerleader. <laughs> uh, Z, you're always the optimist on that, I tell you. Uh, Wenyan or I, – I take Wenyan back. I take, I'm just put it right there. Wenyan – between Wenyan, TT, or Mo, I'd probably say Wenyan. I'll give you Wenyan. Just because he's he hustles, and I, I always am impressed by that. So, yes. But I tell you what, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate it. If you have not, again, that's your, your Anthony. That's like it. If you're bottom of the barrel, you, you have to get something. But I'm hoping the Lakers would go in a different direction than either of those three guys. How about that? How about that? But again, Christian Wood would be our number one choice. Dwight, Dwight Howard. See, we still get the Dwight Howard still in this chat as well, my friend. Isn't he playing so well in China? I think it's Taiwan. Taiwan, Taiwan. Okay. I don't know what that means in Taiwan. Didn't he have a triple double over there? And yeah, that'd be know. that'd be too easy for him to just like say, you know what, I want to go ahead and and play in Taiwan if that's the case. But good for him. Yes, absolutely good indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you watching, listening. We'll be back tomorrow, absolutely to cover day three of NBA free agency, the Lakers first preseason game. Looking forward to it. Anthony, <laughs> we're getting to the bottom of the barrel on these backup centers, just to let you know. That's why we're all in love with Kristen Wood right now. But it is so great to have you here. Rodell's shooting threes in Taiwan. No thanks. He's all about fun. He always has been and he always will be. But then again, that's Dwight Howard for you. So for Joe Soro from LakersBall.com and also as well, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. It is Gerald Glassford. Hope you're having a great 4th of July weekend. Looking forward to having fun on the 4th as well. And looking forward to a great game tomorrow. And also some more big NBA free agency news right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>